Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And today we're going to take a little dip in the jacuzzi, baby, because we are going to the water. <laughs> take off my shoes. <laughs> Give it a little stretch. Um, Yay. <laughs> yep, that's right. We're going to go swimming tonight. And I got to tell you, Jackie, the water ain't looking so good. No, because there are fucking creatures. There are fucking yum yum yums in there that are going to bite my. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you. I always think something's going to bite my toes in the water. Right? It's so the this episode it. was this was traumatizing. <laughs> and I tell you what, I've spent a good portion of the past couple of days trying to figure out just what exactly makes that <laughs> from one of these movies. So I, of the swarm <laughs> attacking said toes. So I am so excited to dive in. <laughs> Get it dive in i'm here all night folks oh, oh i tell you we have fun here at the jersey pools um but we are in the throes of the the tail end of the summer the cruel cruel summer it is it is it is the the, the penultimate <laughs> i love that word when i get you to do. use it uh it is it is our penultimate cruel summer episode we've got one more after this uh and what better way in the in the heat of the dog days of summer, mm-hmm. uh, rocking some 1978 Piranha. Fuck yeah. And uh, from 2003, Open Water. Yeah. Two um, two movies that will make you want to only swim in uh, the kiddie pool ever again. That's right. I'll take the pee-pee in the kiddie pool over this shit. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I will take what? the pee-pee over the piranhas any <laughs> me day. Too. Oh my God, me too. Because you know what? At least there's chlorine in there. At least I can see the bottom. I know that the worst thing that's going to get my toes is a toddler and I could probably take them. However, oh. a sw- probably mm, depends on the toddler. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but the, how many, I tell you how what, many white claws has Jackie had before? <laughs> said toddler attacks because if so then maybe not maybe we can't take the toddlers um but anyway so ironically how we got to the 1978 product is kind of a funny story because i was like we should do piranha not realizing there's like 12 versions of it and so we went og and thank (laughs) and i tell you what thank god for small summer miracles because this was chef's kiss for me (laughs) it was a fucking delight it was that's an um, animal attack movies in general are a delight are a delight and you Correct. make it something kind of as silly like piranhas aren't silly but oh, in this they movie, are in this movie <laughs> the swarm of piranhas are silly it's fucking um silly. and it, it makes me laugh it makes me laugh and it was wonderful and yeah so shall we start should yeah, let's just Piranha? dive right in. So 1978, written by John Sales, and I got to tell you, did light, the, the writing did light anything on fire, but holy shit, Joe's, Joe Dante's directing, chef's kiss. Um, and of course, Joe Dante, we have covered on the show time and time again, the burbs, gremlins, etc., the howling. And I got to tell you, this had the Joe Dante kiss on it. Like it was, it had everything I expected a Joe Dante film, and then some. Uh, this was a pleasant surprise because I... <laughs> either for I you know I must have forgotten because again yes we have Joe Dante has is definitely in the Jersey Ghouls Hall of Fame 100%. because we have covered a lot of his movies and, I, and rightfully so yeah forgot that he directed Piranha and as like the credits are rolling I was like 
Joe Dante. <laughs> like oh, utter see, surprise. Would, oh, and see, then I, I was like, I did the research about it first. So I knew I, what I was, I was going on into. board. Actually, that's a lie. Bold face lie. My apologies. Because oh. my first excitement was <gasps> Dick Miller's in this movie. And mm. then <gasps> it's a Joe Dante movie. Yep. Well, so, Dick Miller. I mean, obviously, it's if it's if it's a Joe Dante movie, Dick Miller's gonna be is it. that another <laughs> Hall of Famer for Jersey Ghouls oh, is Dicky Miller coming in hot mm. in this movie. I love coming it in so hot. Much. And I got to give a quick shout out to um, Kevin Kevin McCarthy, who, as, as I always know from The Midnight Hour, but he's also in a shit ton of uh, Joe Dante movies, which I didn't realize until. Yeah. Like, and he, I mean, we did uh, the OG Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, which that's right. He is the star of and which he looks in. Mm, he looks like a fine wine in that movie. He was a fine wine in that yeah. one. Yeah. But it's weird because I always just think of him as the, the scary judge from The Midnight Hour now because yeah. I'm <laughs> such a dork. But a, a little interesting background on this movie because this movie only got made thanks to Steven Spielberg. Yes. Because Steven Spielberg literally, well, first of all, we got to give a shout out to the special effects of this film, which I fucking adored uh, for the, all their cheesy goodness. And they were by Rob Bond, who would go on to do the thing. So he was definitely playing with some creatures. Um, although I got to put a pin in those creatures. We need to circle back. We will circle back. Because um, I've got some questions for Joe, if he's listening. Joe Dante, I have some fucking unresolved issues with this movie. But um, basically, this comes out four years after Jaws. Universal shits their pants. It is like not on our watches. This garbage coming out. Now this actually led me down a good uh, rabbit hole and led me to understand the beauty, which is Rod, uh, Roger Corman, because I really didn't know what an influence he's like. The Pope of pop cinema is what they call him in the film industry. And from the 1950s to literally today, he has been responsible for so many great satirical, goofy, awesome. Uh, creature feature films and right now he's most probably famous for all of his sci-fi channel work uh gator dino super croc croco dino dino croco gator <laughs> list goes on and i make i made up at least 10 of those but the list goes on and on but this guy goes to joe dante he knows a good thing when he sees it he gets joe dante to work with him on this ridiculous movie Steven Spielberg uh, finds out Universal's trying to stop them from releasing this film. And he's like, nah, I like this guy. I like Joe Dante. This is a parody. It's good for Jaws. This is how fucking cool Jaws is. Let them make their movie. Let them release their movie. And then he goes on to, of course, hire and work with Joe Dante. So really, and I got to tell you, kudos to Steven Spielberg, because I give credit to someone who watches Piranha and goes, fuck, man, I got to work with this director. Like, right? I was not... Like, as a film, like, you know, critic, I'm not watching <laughs> Piranha and going, man, this director's got something. Like, <laughs> you got moxie, kid. <laughs> I know. Obviously, Steven Spielberg is a genius, and I'm not, because I don't think, I don't watch this movie and think, man, I got to work with that director. But boy, was I wrong. Foot like, in know, mouth. <laughs> it's nice to hear that somebody like Steven Spielberg doesn't take themselves so seriously and like, they're not such a shithead where it's like, I'm the only one that can make, you know, fucking water movies and nobody no, else can do he fucking loved it. Like, he was like, do it. He was so like, this fun. is fucking hilarious, right? And he also loved Roger Corman. He saw Corman for the like guru that he was because so many movies have had Corman seal on them. Most of them terrible, but still fun. Love and yeah, and I got to say, cheers to Spielberg for this film because I got to tell you, without without him and without him stepping in and being like get a fucking you know shut up new line just fucking let them have their fun this movie doesn't get made so yeah. um a little fun background on this film but let's just dive into the deep end because i have <laughs> the, so the tone of this movie is so set, off <laughs> I, well i was like it is set immediately because you have two hikers 
that come to a fence that says like government property, restricted area, no trespassing. So immediately they're like, oh, well, that's just a su suggestion, not a rule. And then they break in and then they see what is clearly like some sort of like water processing kind of thing. Like it's a big area of water, but there's like yeah, pipes and tanks. It doesn't look inviting. It's like scary no. and dirty. And the girl and is like, let's go swimming. And even the guy was like, what if that's like toxic waste? She's like, no, it won't be. Let's go swimming. And yeah, she dives it. Like, like, it's just like the tone of um, like just goofball. I, I can't even think of the word. Like just, just how absurd it is, is set right away. And I, I, I was just, I was giggling to myself because it's like the characters in the beginning make every wrong decision. You know, it's like what oh, you know in yeah. the slasher when the girl I'm gonna I'm gonna quote scream when she's running up the stairs instead of out the front door. Mm -hmm. Like this had that element of oh look it says government property no trespassing let's break in oh look there's a grody pool of water let's go swimming yeah <laughs> no it's it's so true and <laughs> and I gotta tell you like I still try to wonder I I still haven't decided who the actual protagonist of this film is. I, I don't, I, I have a, an underdog no. character I love. Is it Susie? Cause I love Susie. Uh, uh, Susie's, she's the little girl. The daughter, <laughs> no, she was all right. My vote was the counselor who was a bit of a, a badass. The female counselor who yes. died. No, she was what, cool. She was my favorite character. She was the person I was hoping would turn out to be the protagonist of the film. Also, why is everybody in this town an alcoholic? Because I think they really need to open an <laughs> AA uh, chapter in this town. My favorite scene, though, hands down, was when the old man, who I would totally rock like a, a barbecue with, yeah. speaking of summer, um, the old man was talking, tell, drunkenly telling stories to his dog. And at one point, the dog like looks away and he's like, fuck you, man, I'm trying to tell you a story. I'm not done. Pay attention when I'm fucking. And I, I got to tell you, I've had those moments with my own dog where exactly. I'm trying to tell her a story. It's been a long work day. Yeah. You bitch, give me your full attention. Be yeah. loyal. Like I literally was like, I feel this. Like <laughs> he literally yells at the dog for not paying attention to his old war story. Yeah. And I've never felt more seen in my life Same. as a dog owner. Same. <laughs> and you know I what? Get faster and pay better attention. Another reason why you need to love this movie and Joe Dante. Thank you for not killing the dog. Because I said it, the moment I saw an old man with his dog in the very beginning, I was like, I swear to God, Joe, I swear to Christ. I'm like, would if you never. kill that dog, he would never. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Gremlins, the dog survives too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does. Dog, yeah. So no, thank knows. you for keeping the dog Class alive. Act, Joe Dante. The, the moment I saw the dog, I, I was got like, a little nervous. Dude, I was like, nervous. don't do it. Yeah. Don't, don't fucking push me. Yeah. Because I will find you. I'll come find you. Yeah. And I think my husband, who maybe we had been in by big some white claws ourselves this evening, but I think he put it best when he said, don't make me pause for the nudity because she, when she <laughs> unexpectedly takes her clothes off. Yeah. Well, okay. Can we talk about the scene where she decides to flash the guy as a distraction? Because <laughs> this is one of my favorite Joe Dante moments in the film because she's, so the, the main character who I don't know how old she is. I know she likes to play the Jaws video game, which I thought was an adorable little wink and nod. Um, I, she's apparently hired as a bounty hunter, which I thought she was going off to college. I couldn't figure out what was happening with her or who she was. In the entirety of the film, none of these questions get answered either. But um, she's trying to distract one of the guards and she's like, look up there. Oh my God, your mom's on the phone. And then she just whips out her boobs. 
and I think she wanted to just really make sure she was distracting him, but he was so distracted by all her other like red herrings that he didn't even see her boobs. Yeah. And I felt bad because if you're gonna if you're gonna flash for a distraction, at least let the person absorb the boobs. Um, but yeah, so I thought that that was a thoroughly unnecessary flashing, unfortunately. <laughs> Although I did enjoy her, obviously enjoyed her seven, late seventies boobs. They were nice boobs. One, one of my favorites. So here, here's, I do have like a little bit of a, not a problem with this movie, but like, again, Ooh, okay. this movie is absurd. It's because we are supposed to believe. So the, the two lead characters, you know, this girl who is like, she's like, she's basically like a private eye. She's sent out to find people and she is sent out to find the two hikers in the beginning. Cause they have not come home. So her whole thing is she has been sent out here to find these two hikers. And what, <laughs> what I love is there's a scene at one point because Kevin McCarthy is like basically the quote unquote bad guy because he's one of the scientists that are like breeding and genetically fucking with these piranha. But at uh, one point- Operation she, Razor Teeth, show some respect. Mom vet making, <laughs> trying to make a, a perfect weapon that he could throw into Vietnam to really win the war. <laughs> so- like she is getting all mad at him, the scientist, because like, this is all your fault. And Her at one fault. point he's like, um, it's your fault because you 100%. fucking emptied the tank when yeah. I told you not to. Like, 100% all, her fault. Yeah. Breaking and entering into the facility. No, he fucking, lists all the reasons why yeah, she's like, she's touching to shit. She like, they're going into places. They're just turning valves willy nilly. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you what, what are you doing? Yeah, she released the piranhas. This she is one hundred percent on her. And the why is every nineteen late nineteen seventies protagonist look like a English teacher from nineteen ninety two? Like they have a beard, yeah. they wear like a flannel shirt, they drink too much, they kind of hate their lives. Yeah. Like every male protagonist in film in like the late nineteen seventies. <laughs> had this exact and everybody knows what I'm talking about they're skinny they're not really good looking but you're like "Eh, I'd still take them home after a long night and it's getting you know last call and I'm desperate you know and and you and and he's like a drunkard he's kind of a dick like I love when he's like whoa cool your jets bitch like there's so many lines where he basically like raises his hand as if he's gonna smack her just like verbally and you're like I'm okay with that because she was annoying you know you know it's one of those things though where like she she held her own you know, like she was kind of tough stuff. Like, oh, she you know, fucking around. Yeah. You know, she's basically like, nope. He's going to go, okay, don't do that. She's like, and okay. And it. then she would do that exact thing and yep. be like, oh, fuck you. I'll do it. And it always generally worked out. Like when she fucking hit. So at one point they get arrested and she plots an escape and basically assaults a police officer. Oh, <laughs> because she hits him over the head. Up a lot of felonies in this film i was catching i was counting them like i was like bitch you go to jail at the end of all this like like she breaks the lid of a toilet and smacks the guard over the head but the story about mo schneider who's the real hero i think of this film <laughs> in my opinion she tells the story right it was in yeah. her elect an electrician who kept going to jail a plumber, a plumber that kept going to jail and kept trying to break out of jail and the whole time she's like casually telling the story she's coming up with this elaborate elaborate ruse to break them out of prison which worked i might add like that's work that's kiss um long story short uh mo schneider's the real <laughs> hero of this right. film at, at this point in the film i have to ask what is the name of this film because the word is said several different ways <laughs> because you've got I the english scientist who piranha? called it like a piranha Pi- right there was, there was piranha the one cop piranha. called it a piranha 
Yep. The Paranha. Yeah, Paranha <laughs> like there was there were like, 12 different. Can we please? And I got to tell you, I'm still not confident about how to pronounce it. I thought Piranha, I thought the H was silent, but right. I, but apparently, to be fair, again, thank goodness Matt was, was helping me because he did say that the technical pronunciation of the, the word is the way the scientists said it, like where it's like Piranha. piranha. Yeah, like it's got like the, it's like they got the, it should have the yin yeah sound on it. But um, I, so there is, there's something we're really burying the lead here, Jackie. And there's one thing that will always keep me awake at night, wondering what's going to happen next. And that is sure the piranhas were a crisis. I mean, you know, I don't know why they chose to get around on a raft when they're battling evil piranhas. I think a car would have been a better choice at that point, but whatever, I'll allow it. It was, it had a Huck Finn vibe I was here for, but I'm... <laughs> there were creatures in the lab that were very like like they reminded me of a mix between gremlins the what are the ones the critters Mm -hmm. and ghoulies if critters ghoulies and gremlins all got together and had bad little practical effects babies they would be these little creatures that were lurking around the lab and what concerns me is that they left that place wide open and they were so busy chasing the killer piranhas who were literally murdering people, including small children, which I'm here for. We can circle back to in a moment. But they never, they introduced these terrifying creatures at the beginning of the film. There's and this. they never talk about it again. A little like claymation nod oh, to right, Ray Harryhausen. Right, yeah. yes. You know? It is. It, it was exactly that. And you see this little creature like, ooh, they're busy. They can't so see creepy. creeping, yeah. creeping. And I'm going to murder somebody. Never revisit them. And there's numerous creatures of different, like, like lurking around this fucking facility. And we never see them again. And you know what? I'm going to write Joe Dante a strongly worded letter because I really, (laughs) while I fear the piranhas eating my toesies, I am also deathly afraid that they have released these creatures on the alcoholics of that town who are never going to figure it out because they're so drunk all the time. Um, And nobody's going to believe them because they're drunkards. It's, it's so great that like, so there's like the, the science facility where the pool with the piranhas were, the piranhas were released when the pool was drained and they have entered into this like river system and there's a camp right down the river. And that's where the guy, like our gruff, like our bounty, um, like the bounty man, the, our little lumberjack, his daughter goes to that camp. Yeah. Yeah. his daughter goes to the camp so and there's this whole thing where she doesn't like going in the water because she's afraid of like the monsters in the water like totally and the, foreshadowing and in um, perfect camp i'm sorry but in perfect camp style this place was a fucking wild west circus like what's a <laughs> camp in a movie in the 70s or 80s if it's not a fucking nightmare place no wonder i won't send my kids to camp i think this is what it's like it's a fucking zoo I'm not sending kids. My kids are always like, hey, can we go sleep away camp? I'm like, absolutely not. I've seen that movie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I know how this shit ends. You're going to get bullied. You're going to have to play really awkward ba- baseball games. And then you're going to get eaten by a piranha. So fuck you. You're yeah, welcome. No, or you're killed not. by a mass killer, obviously. Yeah. No, so, there's, you know, there's you're multiple ways to die at sleepaway camps. At, at 1970s and 80s sleepaway camps. Yeah. And I'll be goddamn, not on my watch, sister. Y'all like go to camp. And my husband likes to tell me that camp is nothing like it was in the movies of the 1980s. But I don't know that I believe it. I think it yeah. still is deep down. It probably is. But anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, but no, so it, the whole fear of this movie is that the the the, the piranha, piranha. Uh, piranhas, they're <laughs> going to keep going down the river. And like I said, there's a there's the summer camp 
And then right down from that, there's like a new water park, fun park place <laughs> where Dick Miller is like, he's in charge of it. I, it's called Abney Water Park. Get right. it right. <laughs> well, here's what I don't understand. So like Dick Miller is talking to the government people that like ran the piranha thing. Mm-hmm. And it like did Wait, we're leaving camp already? I have so much more to say about the camp scene. <laughs> What's more? Well, I mean the camp the camp is camp. I just well, think it's great that they killed the shit ton of kids. They I did. At one choice. point there was a swim test that they had to take. Ah, and ah. they're doing their little swim test. They're doing a swim relay race. And the and the and the piranha comes out and yeah you don't think they're gonna kill kids in this movie I did and then I they didn't. fucking eat some kids and I it was <laughs> they ate a lot a lot of those kids died and the best part was they had all the dead bodies laid out and they were like you kids just stay here with the with the dead bodies oh, yeah. we're gonna go check out the piranhas yeah. like they literally the kids were all like yeah. me like deadly traumatized it was funny too because my daughter decided to sit down for this one she asked me what, what we were watching and I was like it's like a a Jaws-like movie only, and her her description, I believe I texted she was, uh, when, when somebody asked what we were watching, she was like, it's Jaws on drugs. And she, and when all the kids died, I was like, are you, is this okay? Are you scared? Is it? And she's like, this is hilarious. Like she found this movie hysterical. At no point was she emotionally devastated by any of it. She was literally cracking up and eating her popcorn, like now, hashtag best life. I had read that all of the extras in this movie got paid $5 a day and were given a box lunch. Reasonable. Let, let me tell you what, every extra <laughs> that got eaten by piranhas worked for that Academy Award <laughs> level performance. Some of them did you know I'm, I'm dead serious. These Wait. extras were acting their hearts out like, yeah. oh my God. And they're flailing and they're screaming. Ah. Yeah. Like, and Give did you see the kids in the background laughing at the yes. one scene? Oh my God. But I was like, stay in character, bitches, or you don't get your box lunch. I was all mad. I was like, don't you break character. So good. It, it was, was we so were dying well. laughing. It was so hysterical. And we have not, before we get to Dick Miller, because obviously I got to spend some time with Dick. Uh, we, they, <laughs> I came out wrong. You know what I meant. Um, obviously, the, the sound effect that the piranhas made. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your what you thought it was because I have a very succinct mix of sounds I think they put together. I I don't know. I, I like hit me with what you got because I, I truly I'm like Hold what on. makes that noise? I think it's an electric toothbrush, <laughs> a lawnmower, <laughs> and someone going all mixed together. Mixed together, but it worked for me. I tell you what, if I hear that sound over the ocean, I'm fucking flailing my ass. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, are you telling me all them people splashing around? They don't hear it. They don't hear the yang 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 yang. They're coming for you. It's so loud, too. All right, now let's circle into Amity Amusement Park, where Dick Miller's in charge again. Did I miss something? Because it seemed like Dick Miller is in cahoots with the government about releasing these piranhas because he was on the phone with the general at one point and he's like don't worry everything's going to go off without a hitch nobody's going to suspect anything and then when all of like the phone calls were coming in about the piranha he was like oh make sure you tell them they're all pranks and make sure you get ahead of the news and let them know they're pranks and then when like the piranha attack started happening dick miller seemed somehow surprised so I, you, I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I must've missed something there. No, I think you were giving the script way too much credit. Nothing made sense <laughs> in this film, Jackie. I think like, cause I also was like, wait, so he knows the products are there? No, wait, he's trying to cover up the products before the products even happen. Wait, I, and again, I think you're giving, you're giving this film way too much, way, way, way too much credit. Because again, I thought they successfully 
stopped the river from the piranhas from getting to the river yet they got to the amity amusement park anyway well they didn't stop them down the river a little further from mm -hmm. the amity amusement park was basically like the opening to the ocean oh apparently. to the rest of the world that's right. what they stopped and by. we needed to stop the and these were like genetically altered uh piranha i mean obviously it goes without saying <laughs> yeah like apparently they could survive in salt in cold, water in, so that's why water, they were like yeah. if they get to the ocean we're fucking donezo right so like here's here's how we save the day is we pollute the river oh my god this is the to best kill way to the movie. piranha the most 70s Yay. ending to a film we have now killed an entire ecosystem we they literally and the pollution yeah. looks like like just like they released white diarrhea into the water it was the best special oh, yeah. effect and it was like here's this white cloud of just gunk we have now destroyed an entire river and ecosystem no one at that camp's going to be able to or should be able to swim for a year like no one's going to be able to touch this water for years but we did it like everybody yeah slow. we saved like, the day high exactly. fives and like it freeze frames literally by polluting and the most american 1970s ending to a film i can think of they completely destroy an ecosystem to save the day we did it piranha <laughs> saves the day like, right basically toxie is bored and yeah. yeah and we saved the day and there are so many potholes and so many horrible things about this film and that ending is to me just the chef's kiss yeah. piece de resistance i also then be oh god i was so <laughs> part of that like heroic ending of releasing the toxic waste is our man hero who was like, I'm going to go down in the ocean or I'm going to go down underwater and you're going to count to a hundred. And if I'm not back by the time you count, <laughs> then, uh, then, you know, you, you full throttle and you get the boat out of here. And like, who the fuck, I'm sorry. Like who's holding their breath for a hundred seconds? Like, can you, I know I can't. No, I certainly can't. Uh, but I've never had, certainly never. I'm not going to lie. Pretended. I tried. I tried. And Stress like, out? <laughs> By like second 21, I was like, <gasps> Do you know that my daughter counted with the film and was really angry because the count was really off. She was like, yeah. the least you could do was have the right number when she like I was kind of you know, hoping it would be fun if they accurately did 100 they did seconds. Not. But they like, did not. She said it was 60. Minutes. She said it was 63. No, it was last. It was 63 <laughs> seconds per my daughter's perfect counting that she did very loudly while we were watching them. Like one, one thousand, two, one thousand. She was if she was on that boat, she would have been meticulously at second one hundred. Uh, but you're right. No, you're right. It was it was again an absurd plot device. Now, so the other, my favorite scene of the film we have not yet discussed, and that is the Six Flags stunt show in the water that happened with the, with the, with the wave. All of a sudden, in typical Joe Dante fashion, there's suddenly an action scene with yes. explosions and boats and jet ski and, and like the people on the back of the boat that hold the, what are those called? Ski, water skiers? Water skiers, yeah. Yeah, and it looked like when I was a kid, my parents used to take me to Six Flags and they would there would be a really cheesy water ski show with an explosion at the end and it looked like he just took the footage from the six flag show and schlepped it into the movie because it had no place in the film there yeah. was no reason why the boat had to crash into the jet skier by all intents and purposes it could have just turned the other way it really you know and i don't know if, I, if you noticed you probably did because you do have eyeballs but <laughs> the boat exploded before the other before boat hit it. Oh my god, chef's kiss. I, I was like, yes, 
stunt show at Six Flags, baby. Really, I think I really think they hired the Six Flags stunt show. And if you've ever, when you were in the 80s, if you ever sat through one of those stunt shows, you know exactly what I'm talking about right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Now, what this did make me do though, is really, it made me put on like my like mathematician, like I put on my lab coat and I, I like my hair, like John C. Riley, that, that gif of John C. Riley, where he's like doing all the calculations because I think I have a formula for Joe Dante films. Because it's like, he truly cannot decide what genre he wants any given film to be. And I'm going to use Gremlins and Piranha as my two examples. So he kind of sort of goes balls in, but then pulls back at the last minute and pivots to another one, another genre. And shit doesn't make sense. And the plot is often stupid. Yet, be it Dick Miller, be it Kevin McCarthy, be it adorable fucking creatures that also terrify you. These films fucking kill because like, is Gremlins a horror movie? Is it a Christmas movie? What the fuck is up with Phoebe Cates' speech? Am I scared? Am I happy? Is any of this making any sense? The burbs, the same thing. I'm like, wait, is this okay? Am I comfortable with any of this? This got dark real quick. Oh no, I'm laughing. Oh no, I'm deeply uncomfortable. Every Joe Dante movie is like a fucking barrage of feelings and a barrage of genres and none of them actually led but you walk away like any good encounter feeling thoroughly satisfied. Yeah. Like, I don't know how it works because none of them for all intents and purposes are good movies, but we love them. We love them. Yeah. Right. Is that I fair? Know. I don't know. I mean, does that, I, does that make him, does that make him an, what is it? An auteur? It does. <laughs> he has a formula and the formula is he fails to succeed. Like he fails at any given genre by and then mixes them all together and in doing so creates a, a masterpiece i love it and yes i'm calling this a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll back you up 100 <laughs> what i love about uh the the special effects the 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 special effects i think there are two two very distinct schools of in, this movie. in this film yeah because there are all the wounded people the blood there's like bite marks there's chunks out of people but, yeah. there's people that like muscle and sinew on their face is showing and it's Good like times, fucking yeah. yes fuck yeah and then there's the piranhas yeah. which <laughs> so here's here's my immediate association with these i'm gonna take you back to like 80s 90s okay remember when you would go to a seafood restaurant and there was inevitably like decor and there was always yeah. like a fishnet and like the plastic fish in the fish. hundred percent. So Joe Dante went to like one of those restaurants and got all of the fish. Mm-hmm. And too. those those were the piranha because they 100%. were just the plastic fish and they attached them to people, but told them to flail around to make it look like the piranhas uh, the, were actually flailing yep, around. 100%. But like, I couldn't help but think of like the seafood shanty. It, when I'm watching this, hundred percent. Right. All I was the like, cheesy... no, you robbed yep. some fucking like seafood place down the shore of all of their little yep. plastic fish, so you could put them in your movie. I'm not blaming. And you, I'm Joe. here for it. No, I'm, I'm here blaming. for it. No, we're but, not. Then we're not talking negatively here. No, but it was just it. such a difference between like plastic fish from Toys R Us and like the really good gore of the bites and the chunks so and the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And even when the piranhas, when you, the few scenes where you saw the piranhas teeth and like, yang, 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 
it looked like a wind-up toy that you like let it like like those little chattery teeth that walk across your desk and so it it was it blew my mind that this person would go on to create the thing like you know what I mean like man was he just phoning it in to collect a paycheck on this he was like yeah good enough cool what where do I where do I get my check now like because I really think that if if this man is is going to go on to literally create some of the best practical effects I've ever seen in my life in the thing and I stand by that how is this movie so terrible <laughs> practical <laughs> effects <laughs> um yeah but I tell you what what a delightful way to spend a summer horror horror day watching Prada I was I laughed I cried and I think this was this is if you take it for what it is, you could have a lot of fun with this movie. That's that's what I'm saying. So you had you'd mentioned it in the beginning. Um, when we said let's do piranha, there's like five. Um, and we kind of went back and forth as to which one to do because you've got this 78 piranha, and then I think there's piranha part two, which was also an older movie, and then we jumped to like 2012, I think, or something like that. Which are supposed to be like super fun, like the twenty. There's one recent that's like has like Elizabeth Shue in it. It's supposed to be really. Are we thinking like is it like Sharknado level like fun? Yeah, like it's supposed to be ridiculous. But it's but I've heard good things about it, like that it's just kind of funny and bananas. And so, well, maybe we'll have to eventually, you know, revisit those. But I am so glad we went with the OG one. I got so am I. I'm really glad too. Yeah, there's one from, yeah, the one, I think I'm thinking of the one from 2010 that was supposed to be just ridiculous and funny. That was like a, a remake of this. So. Right, and isn't there's like 3D and then 3DD or three something? 3DD, like yes, which I got to tell you just the name of it made me, I was like, I'll allow it. Yeah. Because uh, it's got to be tug in cheek if that's what it's called. Yeah. But yeah, no, and this actually, of course, I, I went based on ratings and the OG one got the best ratings and I, I don't blame anybody who No, not that at all. Choice. I do not blame them for that. Uh, yeah. So no, I'm good. I think we can, I think we can head to, uh, head out to waters. open waters. I'm not ready to head, head out, out to open waters. We can swim out to open waters. Swim out to open waters now. Let's do it. So yep. 2003 written and directed and edited by Chris Kentis and his wife, Laura Law. This is a true underdog story, open water. I got to give them that because it was made for only $120,000. Yeah. Like, which is impressive. It's like, and it's it like, went on. Yeah. God, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's like Blair Witch. It's like, you yeah. got that like flash in the pan and it's like, yep, that. Let's, that and works. Then, yeah. And it went on to make $55.5 million. And I got to tell you, it scared the pantalones off of me then. And it scares the pantalones off of me now. It is incredibly effective film in my humble opinion. It is. I, I remember seeing this movie when it came out. I rented this on video and I, I, I knew that I had seen it, but I really couldn't remember anything about it so much. So like, I knew that, okay, people get stranded. Like I knew the plot, but like, I forgot everything about this movie so much so that when it first started and I saw it was like home video quality, I was like, oh, wait, is yeah, there a different open it's... water? Am I watching the wrong one? <laughs> and I'm like, nope, this is the right one. Um, so so here's so here's my stuff. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it out on the table. All right, hold on. Let me get let me get comfortable. Get comfy. <laughs> Grab a here's the tea. So um there are a lot of movies we talk about where you talk about how like certain movies kind of sit with you and you have to process them. And that is something that really doesn't happen much for me. Like I'm very much a turn my brain off, just watch the movie. And like, there's really not a lot for me to process after the fact. Um, 
this movie made me so uncomfortable like not uncomfortable but just like this movie affected me nice like I remember watching it like literally like butterflies in the stomach like from the moment they come up and it's like the boat is gone I'm like I I my so many of my notes like just over and over again holy crap holy crap holy crap like I start so many of my notes on this I'm delighted holy crap and I'm gonna say that my hot take this movie is more effective than Jaws in keeping people out of the water. 100%. Agree like with you. that's like, okay, I thought maybe that was like, I'm not saying this movie is a better movie than Jaws because Jaws right. gets to yeah, live where it sure. lives at the top of the, at the top of the charts. At the but, top of the food chain, sure. But like everybody says like, oh, you know, Jaws is the movie that kept people out of the water. I think comparatively, like how is... Like, how is this not the movie that keeps people out of the war? To me, this is 10 to, to me, Jaws Terrifying. is not scary. Jaws right. has never been scary. I am not afraid of going into the ocean. And I think it's the layers of this movie because yes, Jaws is scary because there's a shark and you know, it's the ocean. You can't see the bottom and shark attack. Ugh. But then when you throw in the isolation factor that this movie has, it makes it so much worse because you're looking in every direction. Not only are you not on solid ground, you are out here without food, without water. Every direction you look in, you do not see land. Like the isolation factor, fear factor, it it makes it so much worse. And I just remember sitting there with the most uncomfortable feeling in my stomach. And of course it's been, I mean, I think I saw this movie when it came out in the early 2000s. I didn't remember how it ended. Oh, the ending is so, <laughs> the ending is so, and it's so funny because when you said you had a really hot take, I was like, man, I cannot tell where she's going with this. I don't know which movie it's for. I don't, and I love when we kind of tease each other with that. And I am like literally sitting here, like clapping my hands in glee because it is so hard for, for you to be like, ah, that affected me because I have had so many movies where I'm like, oh my God, Jackie, I couldn't fucking sleep for weeks. And you're like, ah, that was, that was good. I'm going to bed. Like, you know, like, and so I'm with you on this. I think this is an incredibly effective story. I think the true story behind it. So the true story is that these two people, Tom and Eileen Lon- uh, Loner again in 1998 were left behind by their boat, just like the movie goes mm-hmm. never to be found again. It changed forever the way that that these kind of types of places did their practices. And I got to tell you, having been on a lot of these types of excursions, the security and safety on them is still not nearly good enough. <laughs> I and and that's part of what makes this so effective for me. Well, first of all, I think they really do a good job of making this couple very normal. We're like they're not that's incredibly likable. Yeah, they're not incredibly likable. They're not perfect. They're not gorgeous cinema people. Like they're even the sex scene is the most married sex scene I've ever seen because yeah. they start making out. And she's like, "I'm fucking tired, bro." Like, "Sorry," like you know, yeah. like and it, to me, it's all just so. And they're kind of bickery, but you could tell they love each. I just I think the way this film is written, these characters are written so fucking real. Yeah, makes the effect. It makes it all the more powerful because you're like, dude, that would totally be me and Matt. Like, I, I always say I'm impressed with how long it takes them to blame each other. That like, yeah, like within the first hour, I'd be blaming Matt. I'd be like, it's all your fault. Like, you did this to me, and then I'd make them hold me for an hour. You know, like it's so, it's so realistic in that way. And I have two experiences that I'm going to say why I think this could still happen any day now. First of all, I went um, on a drunk. So there, I went to climb a waterfall in Jamaica 
And this, the, the, the rule, which I didn't know until afterwards, the law was you're not allowed to drink until after you climb the waterfall, which seems like a very valid, you know, law in Jamaica. And I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the falls, but my boat captain didn't give a shit. And they, they served us this really strong ghetto punch all the way there. And by the time we got there, 90% of the people on the boat who were 18 and over were fall down drunk. I was, I was only 18 at the point. So I really couldn't handle my liquor because I was in a country where I could drink legally. Um, and I remember almost drowning at least three times because it's this terrible cliffy waterfall that you have to like scale up. So they got us all pissed drunk and then put us in this dangerous position where we had no real expertise and we had no business climbing these falls. But I made it to the top and then I jumped off. And how I didn't die, I still don't fully understand. We don't know. People, I did have like scrapes all over me from falling because I was drunk. And, and you <laughs> hold each other's hands as you walk and everybody was shit drunk, pissed drunk. Even like small children were drunk. Nobody cared. Everybody drank the punch, right? So that was my first experience of why you could really die at one of these excursions at a resort at any given moment. Second story was we went snuba diving, which I don't know if it's like a, like a, like a, a scuba diving you could do with only a same day certification. And okay. you only go down, I would say like 20, 30 feet into the water. And okay. uh, I'm sorry, I'm not too sure of the details. Correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I was pissed drunk. So I don't even know. They, I had no business doing this. And the way that they marked us, counted us all on the boat was literally the way they did it in the movie. They stick figure counted us. And then they stick figure counted us as we got back onto the boat. And I'm sorry, but the dude on the boat who forgot his mask was such a douchebag. But I remember getting off and on the boat a couple of times because I got scared the first time we went down and I jumped back in and then I went back. So like, I guarantee you, whoever was taking the tally, their numbers were off. Now, thank God I made it home. But like, could they have left someone in that water? A thousand percent. Yeah, that was my thought process of um, like, what is the safety measure? Like, is it just a head count? Like, it you is know, literally just a head count. And I, and I haven't, I have to admit, it's been about 10 years since I've done that kind of vacation with like those kinds of excursions with the resorts, but it was always rinky dinky boats, people who didn't always speak great English and head counts that I watched them do like tick mark tallies. Yeah. And I even did like one where we were swimming with like eels and and uh fucking stingrays and shit and they were chumming the waters and people started swimming off and snorkeling off in all directions and they literally just do like a quick tally all right everybody get back on the boat everybody and and they serve alcohol the entire time so and they're drinking too so it is like and these are resorts like decent like pay good money you know like so do I think maybe it's gotten better in, in the 10 years since I've done this? I mean, since we've had kids, we haven't had the luxury of doing like these types of vacations. So I've been Disney or bus mostly, but you know, do I think if I went to a resort like today, would it still be a tally mark? Probably dude. I don't know. I don't think they've gotten that much more high tech with this it's crazy. I know. Cause yeah, um, that was my thought. I'm like, do like, do you have to like sign in and sign out before you get in the water? Like I've never had what to do is that. the way and that you I've can done accurately tons. gauge? There was even one time where I remember people were so far away when we were like snorkeling or maybe the snooba one where they had to like start the boat up and go get the rest of the people. Like yeah. people just drifted. And, and again, it's like, it, it all seems, and I, you know, I'm secretly super afraid of the ocean. So like when I do this stuff, I go in, I'm all tough nuts. And then I realize how scary it is to see all these creatures all around you. And like, dude, you see, you're like in the water, you see a shark swim by that's fucking terrifying, dude. I don't know. For me, I get scared really easily and I jump back on the boat. 
So like yeah. Matt kind of has me as a safety net because I'm one of almost always one of the first people out of the water because I get so spooked so easily in these situations. Plus, I'm always afraid that I'm gonna get left behind. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never I've never done anything in in the ocean like nothing like that. Yeah. Um, and it's I don't I don't know. I mean, I sit here and I'm like, I'm not afraid of sharks. Like, I'm not afraid of blah blah blah. Um, I don't know because I've never been. I do know that when we go to the aquarium, I kind of quicken my pace past the eels. Because I don't trust the them. Yeah, they're they are the fucking scary looking. Like at they're least sharks. Faces. Like, I don't know. There's something about sharks that like, yeah, teeth are scary, but whatever. But like eels look like they mean you harm. Like yeah, just like, even like you. they have, they're just, so I, I always, and like why in the aquarium? Like, I'm going to call you out, Camden Aquarium. Like, why do you have to make it even scarier and like have the eels and like kind of like the dimmer black light? You make it scary. You Ew, give them a scary environment. Like you're not helping anybody like want to become a marine biologist. Like you are, <laughs> you are detriment. Um, but yeah, like, so I don't know, like if I saw an eel, I probably would poop my pants. There, yeah, there are times when we've been on these types of excursions where I've seen something that spooked me so thoroughly that I'm like, Matt, you're on your own. Fuck you. I'm yeah, going back yeah. to the boat and drinking more of the punch. Like I just, because I'm not, I'm not built for this stuff. And so this film cuts me. So I get so one of, one of the most, one of the reasons why this movie I think is so effective and it has my absolute favorite trope in horror movies and i've Ooh. said it on the podcast before and i will say it again my favorite thing and i wish every horror movie did this but my favorite thing in a horror movie is when you're watching a movie and you're watching your characters do whatever and there's some shit happening in the background that if you're not yeah. quite paying attention it's like a blink and you miss it that's mm -hmm. my favorite absolute a million percent favorite trope in horror movies and there were so many times where you see the main characters and then just like there was a shark mm -hmm. and like you just kind of see this like random shape mm -hmm. and a color you know off on the corner of the screen and you're like that was a motherfucking shark yeah the other thing that they did in this movie that oh like i'm getting the wig just thinking about it toward the end when the camera was mm -hmm. above the water but it would kind of down, sink down kind of quickly like everywhere. like as if it was just going with the waves and every time it sunk underwater there was a fucking swarm of sharks mm -hmm. i was like oh, especially when she suit. was yeah especially pooping when she was alone my wetsuit. yeah and and Ooh. when when he when he gets attacked and she realizes that he's dead i am so fucking shook because again like what would keep me alive in that moment would absolutely be matt being there with me and calming me yeah. down what when she makes the choice to just put herself under Mm -hmm. a thousand percent I'm making that same choice because yeah. if I lose Matt and there's sharks everywhere and I know I'm going down I know I'm I, I think it's she makes the brave decision in that moment because I am not yeah. gonna survive and fuck it I just fucking let me die then I'm gonna drown myself because at least then they can eat my body when I'm already dead like exactly uh, yeah. and and so when she literally just lets herself sink down man it is so fucking it's a gut punch man and again, I think what makes it so good is that these people are so real. Like, and it must have been a grueling shoot because you're right. Like so many of the, the shots are them in the water. So many, I loved the thunderstorm where you can't, you just get the flashes of, yeah. I mean, and the attack happens during the thunderstorm, which is so fucking scary and cool. Mm. Uh, how scary would it be to be in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night? Like you would, it yeah. would be pitch black. Like, you know, oh and like God. I said, you're out there with yeah. no food, no water. Yeah. And like, obviously you 
again. can't drink salt water. Like no, the best you like could the, do is yeah. put it in your mouth and kind of spit it out to wet your mouth, but you can't drink salt water. Right. And when she gets sick, because I get such bad motion sickness too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I didn't even think, I always don't even think about the fact that if I were bopping in the water, I would vomit a lot too. Oh yeah. Oh God. It is literally, and this is why I don't fuck around with nature or the ocean too much. Like I, I have a, a strong fear if I'm being honest of being in this type of situation. And again, I forgot what happened at the end of this movie yeah. because it's been 20 years since i've See, it's seen so, it it's so haunting because it's so when it. like they are discovered that they did not make it back you know the coast guard goes out they got yeah. boats they got helicopters and i'm like okay i feel like i remember he died right and then i'm like okay but they're gonna get her and then i'm like nope. wait they're gonna wait they were the nowhere helicopter? near yeah I'm they like, were nowhere near where she was where's they the helicopter a- because you would have no clue which direction they went yeah. in, you know? The one thing I get frustrated about, and I would have blamed him too, is I would swim like the Dickens. I know you wouldn't catch any of those boats. Right. But I think I'd rather continuously swim in one direction. Yeah. I don't know that I would have just floated in the middle, like thinking, oh, okay, I don't want to drift. I think I would have said, fuck it, I'm going that way and just swam yeah. until I physically could not swim Well, anymore. I kept trying float. to, yeah, I kept trying to be like, well, what would I do, you know? Like I would have swam. As much I feel as I, I feel could. like I would have had the wherewithal to be like, yeah, pick a direction. And what direction yeah. is like? I mean, when they were out there, like it was like ten thirty ish or so the morning, when they right? realized that the boat was gone. Yeah. So at that point, I'd kind of keep my eye on the sun and see which direction the sun is going, and try to make an educated try guess. To go whatever as direction. Which direction? Yeah. Would I make land? Probably, Probably not. not. But I could not just sit there idle. Me I know either. that much about me. me too. Maybe I'll never make it to a boat. I will die from exhaustion and exposure before anything happens. Right. But I don't think I could just sit float. there and float. Like I, 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 I couldn't do it. Dead and, in the water, literally. And in and I don't know if you if you've ever been in gear like that, but you never. really do. Like the way the vests are made, so that you can control how buoyant you are. Like if you pop yourself all the way buoyant and use those flippers, you can get you can get some distance and not be a skilled swimmer. Like the way they yeah. were doing it is the way you would do it because you just lay on your back and kick, kick, kick until you physically can't anymore. You would get a decent amount of, of, you know, swimming done. Like, yeah. but yeah, so that was my only thought is that even though I know it wouldn't have changed my fate in any way, shape or form, yeah. I would have fucking swam have in one yeah. direction until I fucking died because I, I would have to at least try to make it home. But I tell you the minute I lose Matt, I think I'm, I'm the same way she is. I'm going to be like, fuck it. I cannot do this alone Yeah, because he is very much my like my bravery in a mo- in moments of crisis yeah. oh yeah yeah and i'm also blaming him at various yeah. points i'm gonna act oh, like that, yeah bitch. it was funny yeah. i i think that i think that an appropriate amount of time went by before, before they before they started to blame each other and then they but then they immediately banded back together you know oh, like right. which yeah, is you what know you your do. situation right like and you would you would and i i love the where he just started screaming because that i know i think I, that would be me that would be calm enough not to do that i'd be like ah! he starts screaming yeah because he's just like you have to let the emotion out Mm -hmm. and it's funny because she's like are you done are you done done screaming (laughs) and i would have been like you fucking cried three times like since we've been out here you done fucking crying that's what i'm saying like (laughs) matt and i would have been so much nastier for so much longer but then immediately i would have been like can you hold me while i take a nap don't let me go (laughs) but i'm a bitch like that like i would have blamed him somehow it would have been bad by the way sometimes somehow if i wind up in this situation know that it's matt's fault it's matt's fault (laughs) 
and know that I could have gotten us home if you would have listened to what I told them to do. Of course. <laughs> Men never though, stop and ask directions. They think I, they just know. Even though I have no real survival skills and I would only survive if he told me what to do explicitly. Um, he's my only chance of surviving any sort of crisis situation, zombie apocalypse, being in open water, whatever the case may be. That's why I would only ever like scuba dive or anything like that with that with me because otherwise I'm not surviving. Um, but yeah, this movie, I'm so glad you think that because it like delights me because this movie truly scares me to its core. I will never forget, like the, the ending was so haunting to me in 20, like when I first watched it, that it stuck with me so vividly. Yeah. And I'm so excited that like you, you it worked for you because yeah. it's so rare that anything gets you. <laughs> the, my only complaint about this movie, and I can't really blame them. I... <sighs> I really don't like when movies do the based on true events thing when like it is, but it isn't like, yes, technically, I think I'd be more comfortable if they were like inspired by true events instead of based Mm, on true events. Interesting. Okay. But there is really no rule or measure for that. Like there's a movie, The Strangers, Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people really like The Strangers. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of The Strangers. And Mm. one of my biggest gripes with that movie is at the beginning of the movie, I don't remember, I think it says it says based on true events. Based on true events, yeah. Okay, the true events never happened. No, no, there was never one. It was a dream. It was a dream that the writer had and that was the true events he was basing it on. Oh, seriously? Yeah, like this, like it it wasn't really true events. Oh, see, that's a cop out, yeah. But this was very- very much based on a true like event. It, it was inspired by true events like to me based on true events needs to be more than a concept that's my personal okay. thing that's fair this is it is inspired by true events absolutely 100 percent inspired by true events right but based on true events i don't know and i know that's me nitpicking but i've seen the whole based on true events thing tagged onto horror movies before when it's not really Right, and I'm like, right. and then you got people like, I don't know, like, it's just, that's just me. That's me being super nitpicky that like, no, I just, I, I, think I feel that, any, that like, it's, any it's gimmicks clickbait, they could it's to clickbait get this for movie. horror movies mm-hmm. when they do stuff like that, which fine, more people watched your movie because they thought it was based on true events or whatever. Yeah. Like, good for you. Make your money. And at like, least this one's on. very much really based in reality. This could happen yes. very easily. Oh, absolutely. If you did get yeah. left behind. Chances are they wouldn't find you very quickly. Like, like unless I think they came just, immediately back, they wouldn't find you. You know, they never movie, found that couple. Like they didn't. They did. No. And it was funny because there was actually a trial with that couple. They yeah. thought that they had faked their own deaths or maybe they were trying to, you know, it was like something nefarious, but I mean, no, they, never, they were never found. Their bank probably, accounts were never touched. Nope. No insurance claim was and, ever collected. Well, no, because, and they, the family did sue the resort, but it didn't matter. Yeah. They never, it's not like they enjoyed the money. Like, yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying that, that there was a thought that they like faked their death to quote unquote insane, disappear, yeah. but yeah, like their, their personal bank accounts were never withdrawn from. There was no insurance claims ever filed or collected. No, they so were definitely yeah, eaten it's by sharks, bro. Yeah. But I, it's one of or those drowned. things where I think if that based on true events card did not come up in the beginning of the movie it wouldn't have an effect on the movie one way or the other. This movie would still be haunting and uncomfortable and chilling. Like, I don't think that yeah. it, that even needed to be there. Like, cool that it did. Yeah. But like, I don't think that it needed, that needed to be there. I don't, my, it, it doesn't make it any less effective. Yeah. Or any more effective. My only comment in response to that is that I do think that because 
the writer was inspired by the true events. Yeah. It does bring light to the topic of how maybe these places need to that be a little true. better. Did like, you did you watch the the credit the scene with the shark? Scene. Yeah, yeah. Which um so th that happens. I, I I was interested in that whole thing. Apparently that happens a lot where like people when people will get lucky enough to catch a big shark like that and they'll find all kinds of bonkers shit inside the, sh the sharks and um i like i i don't know i the fucking scary shit bro i'm sorry and i'm with you i it's funny because like you were you were so convinced i was gonna think you were crazy but this movie i chose this movie because it scares the shit out of me so <laughs> i mean you know me though of the two of us like so many movies affect me you know like whereas like you're like me <laughs> so i was glad i was glad you were you 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 no, were affected i i really liked both of these this was a fun one to talk about i was very excited this was, this to, was a, to talk about this, this was one. a fun cruel summer episode because you get like fucking bonkers piranha like animal attack 1970s silliness right and it's paired with this just jarring reality Nihilistic, of this is yeah. this is that because that is exactly what could happen like 100 you get left in the ocean there's no dramatization needed like that's the shit that's probably going to happen to you. And I keep thinking like my one, like the one thought that like gets stuck in, like in my head is like, would I have the balls to do what she did? Cause really it was the ballsiest way to fucking get out of that moment. Yeah. And I, I don't know because I'm so afraid of drowning and I'm so, I'm like terrified yeah. of everything in the ocean that I, in my head, I'd spend a lot of time being like, all right, what would be worse getting eaten by a shark and dying that way or, or drowning? because they're I, both super unpleasant deaths <laughs> i have zero pain tolerance so i'm, I'm not a here for shark shit. attack you know yeah, but like, do you know I, how hard it is to drown yourself i don't no i've never done it well no me neither <laughs> but i've heard it's a really grueling way to die like it's probably a very yeah. long like as much as you can't hold your breath like once you yeah. start feeling yourself not breathing well like yeah your, your body takes over yeah. and goes into like panic right, mode right. and but she had yeah. taken off everything at that point so it would have yeah. been so hard to tread water she would have died oh yeah yeah no it's it gives me the heebie-jeebies so we've got one more summer fun mm -hmm. episode left and i gotta tell you i'm ready for fall i'm there i'm i'm, I'm now officially here with you true story today I had an absolute blissful moment. I had to go to CVS for work to pick up some supplies. You know, mm -hmm. I'm getting paper towels. I'm getting this and that. And we have like a little candy dish in our back room. So, you mm -hmm. know, I just go grab the bag of like the Hershey miniatures or whatever. And as I'm walking back there, shout out to CVS because they've started to put Halloween stuff out. <sighs> and they had a couple fall candles, just a couple Yankee candles. Ooh. And I grabbed one of the Yankee candles, autumn, autumn, autumn wreath harvest mm. wreath i forget Ar which one i like autumn wreath that's one of my faves but i grabbed it and i'm like oh and i smelled it and i swear to god inhaling that like autumn scent mm. i had like three blissful seconds of oh my god i am so ready for fall mm -hmm. and too. then i put the lid back on and i'm like it's still summer uh and then i went out and i the the, the three second walk from cvs to my car and then the car to the office I was so sweaty and I was like, fuck you. Summer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but yes, so it was, I had this amazing, like I inhaled, I did a deep inhale on the fall candle and I'm like, I want it to be cold. Oh, I'm um, that's fair. Me too. We were on the way back. We had a great beach day and we were on the boardwalk, just perfect summer day. And then I couldn't help but realize that we were right by one of the big flagship spirit Halloweens. So my daughters and I put a full press on my husband who was like, no, absolutely not no and like he was literally driving past the exit we could see the store the big giant pumpkin in front of it and so i was like fine 
You don't want to give me the one thing. I don't ask you. What do I ask you for? Am I asking you to take me to the outlets and spend $500 on a coach bag? No, but do it so fine. Don't do it. So of course, obviously I knew what I was doing. It worked. The girls and I were like, Wah! so we go to this giant spirit Halloween that's already open. I could have, when I tell you, I could have spent a thousand dollars and not blinked because they have such good decoration shit now and such good, like collectible shit now. Yeah. So I did get, I, I got a haunted mansion pillow. Molly got some, my, my girls love Nightmare Before Christmas. So Molly got a big giant Nightmare Before Christmas uh, blanket. Uh, Kenzie got uh, Sally nails. They're so cool. She's wearing them already, of course. Mm -hmm. And then I also bought, what else did I get? Oh, this really cool like projector that spins. It has all of the Haunted Mansion ghosts Ooh. on it. Got, like the hitchhiking ghosts and it's got like the, oh my God. Yeah. So I spent way too much money and I was mm -hmm. so excited. Yeah. And then I walked out and it was like a thousand degrees and we had to put the stuff in the car next to our like boogie boards and certain <laughs> beach stuff. And you know what? Don't judge me universe. Cause I do what I want. No, I'm going to. It's time Seriously. of year, blur. And you know what? Every single one of those decorations I bought is up already. A hundred percent. Of course. Yeah. No, and you know what? I, I yeah, I'm 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 the bitch that's like, oh my god, there's a leaf on the ground. Yeah. You know what that <laughs> it's means fall. it's fall. It fell. It's fall. fall. Yeah. Hundred percent. I'm ready. But we got one more stop on our summer tour, we and do. then we will dive headfirst into fall, our spooky season, and all of the fun things we got coming up. Uh, we got some events, so hopefully we'll maybe do some streams that have to do with that. We'll have to, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I'm super excited for this Fright Reads Festival that we're going to in yeah. the first week of October. This is going to be. I'm so excited. I can't wait. And they actually um, started following us on social media. So I'd like to give them a shout out. I'd like to say if you're anywhere near uh, the area where we are and you want to go to the Fright Reads Festival, it looks like it's going to be so cool. And it's a growing uh, festival of all things horror novels and literature and stuff like that. So definitely our, our wheelhouse. Hey, I was going to say, I'm like horror and books. Well, that's a dangerous comedy. <laughs> we are, we are literally going to maybe go broke that weekend. Yeah, like, no, spooky bookworms. Spooky um, Bookworms going to the Spooky Book Festival is a yeah, it's just done. a recipe for disaster. Um, we're def we're definitely walking out of there with a stack of books each. I, I can guarantee and, that. And also that means that's a, an entire weekend of you and me snuggling in a hotel. Oh my so, gosh, which is my favorite part of any festival. Jersey Goals trip. Yes. And then of course, uh, don't forget that the weekend of October 22nd, we will be the hostesses with the mostesses over at the uh, Creature Feature Weekend Charity Drive-In event. Um, I love this because not only is it a charity event, but it's super family friendly, super low key. They have vendors, they have activities, a trunk or treat. They got the dude from the never ending story coming. Uh, if you're, if you're really good, maybe he'll say, turn around, do edit with you. You never know. I'm sure yeah, he's cool know. like that. Uh, but we will be there most importantly. So please come say hi. When you do come out and the movies they are showing yes, is the never ending story. Sorry. Avi. Avi. And Beetlejuice. So yes. come to the drive-in to see Beetlejuice on Beetlejuice. the big screen. And it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Uh, I love Beetlejuice. That one I might have to stay for. And I am super excited for another weekend of snuggling with you, of course. Exactly. That's yeah. an yeah, that's another hotel weekend. Most importantly, that's another snuggling and drug food in the in the hotel room. So uh thank you everybody for for joining us for this summer episode. And don't forget to check us out. Uh, you can find us on your favorite podcasting app and on social media. Just search for Jersey Ghouls. And you can always find our podcast, blog, and contact info on our website, jerseyghouls.com. And uh, if you'd like to check out some really awesome writing, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Ghouls Magazine, who is amazingly doing a lot of cool stuff over there. Go to Ghouls Magazine on social media or ghoulsmagazine.com. They are my new delightful 
adorable British writing friends, and they are giving me some great opportunities to do some good writing. So if you if you want to read some good horror writing from a definitely feminist perspective, almost every piece on there is just raging in feminism and raging in cool hot takes on all things horror. In fact, we are in the throes of a super awesome debate about um, the movie They Them, which I I saw. I, I don't think I'm one, I don't think I'm in a position to officially say what, what it means and whether I liked, of course, that it had a lot of actors who seemed in the LGBTQ community. I liked Kevin Bacon. I liked a lot of things about it, but I also kind of felt uncomfortable about a lot of things about it. So I am letting the people in the community take the reins on that one and decide whether or not it sticks. And it's a mixed bag. Half the people are like, yeah, that was cool. Other people are like, that was fucking stupid. So if you get a chance, join the conversation, join us. Uh, they're really cool people over there. And I can't wait. We also have some really cool content coming out in the month of September. They're doing all September Stephen King. So yes. there'll be a lot of fun content over there. And I'm hopefully going to get in on some of their live discussions. So follow them if you like stuff from us. All right. So cool. I think it's I think just we're... the part where we say bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Oh, the Pradas are saying goodbye. They're good, they're, they're, you know what? They're, they're good. You know what? They, not all of them died from toxic waste. They're, they're misunderstood. They I think that's they're, really the, the, you know, the once, crux of it. Once they polluted the water, it actually made them nice again. So that's exciting. Yes. You know. <laughs> somewhere the sea, somewhere we stands on golden sands and watches the ship. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. <laughs>